Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Seize Your Midlife. I am so very grateful you are here. And today is a special day because we are interviewing the beautiful and incredibly talented Kelly Palfrey. And so I just wanted to start today by telling you kind of the bizarre way that Kelly and I ended up being connected with each other. So since I was a little girl, I would travel from Wisconsin down to South Carolina with my family, and I absolutely fell in love with the marsh. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, especially if you've never seen it, but the salt marshes are so alive. And when they are green, they are the most verdant, indescribable, bright green colors And juxtaposed with the blue sky, it is magical. And apparently, Kelly shares my love of the salt marsh. I had taken a picture when I was on vacation in Murals Inlet, South Carolina, of a egret stepping from the edge of the saltwater marsh into the water. And Kelly saw it and sent me a message on Instagram. And she said, hey, what would you think if I painted this? And I was like, yeah, of course, sure. And then I saw the final product, and it was so beautiful. I knew I had to have it. And when we moved down here to South Carolina, I designed my entire living room around this picture. It is beautiful. So Kelly is a full-time working artist now, but her journey has not been linear And I don't think she would say it's been all that easy, but I'm going to let you hear the story from Kelly. So welcome to Seize Your Midlife, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much, Brie. I have the biggest smile on my face listening (laughs) to you talk about being in Merle's Inlet and the salt marsh because you know I I do. I love it just as much as you. I want to say I love it more, but I don't know if that's possible. But I'm so happy to be here and to to share part of my journey. I am too. And hopefully when people hear this, they will be like, well, now I need to go see the marsh. And they should wait a few weeks because it is still brown. But when it is green, it is magic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I know this is not normally an appropriate question to ask, but this is a <laughs> midlife podcast. So why don't you tell everybody how old you are? Absolutely. I am 40 years old, 40 and a half. 
40 and a half. And I love kind of that you are just diving into your midlife because I think that gives another perspective. I think especially after hearing, you know, your journey. And why don't you tell everybody where you are right now? Sure. Right now, I live in Chapin, South Carolina, and that is a lake uh, suburb outside of Columbia. And I have not yet made it to Chapin, but it is always on the list of like places to raise a family in South Carolina, so I know I need to get there. (laughs) Listen, Bree, I'll just really quickly say you would absolutely love Lake Murray. You would love it. So do come, and then we we can be together in person. I would love that. It's on the list because I do come to Columbia sometimes, so I would I would love that. Okay, so – and I know we had talked, you know, briefly, so I know a little bit about your journey. And you didn't start off as a professional working artist. So can you kind of tell people where you were before you became a full-time artist? Sure, absolutely. I have been a full-time artist for only – Two little over two years, January of 2020 is when I went full time. But I had been a full time adult for about 21 years. <laughs> I say that because I think that gives good perspective as far as the midlife part goes. Um, that I do have a 20 year old daughter and an 18 year old son, and I have a four year old and a two year old. And I'm not going to tell you my whole life story, but that does help people know, oh, well, I might, you know, you might be 55 listening and have a 20-year-old. So there's a lot of things about my phase of life that would be similar to someone who is older than 40 and a half. Um, And then maybe some things that are very similar to someone who is my exact age. I feel like sometimes I have one foot in one season of life and one foot in another and both feet definitely in this world of being a full-time artist. I always have been an artist at heart and in practice in that I was creating, but that wasn't the source of our family's income until about two years ago. And I taught in the public school system for over 13 years, and I always desperately wanted more time to create art. Yeah, you had mentioned that. And so I know that you said you had four kids and one that's 20 and that this was your second marriage. And I I know this is a personal question, but I think it really tells readers how this journey ended up being so winding for you. So why don't you talk a little bit about how that first half of your life really shaped kind of how you ended up where you are now? Absolutely. So when I was in college, I went to the University of South Carolina. I was 19 when I discovered that I was pregnant and that was a shock. And my first pregnancy ended in stillbirth when I was 24 weeks pregnant. And um, my boyfriend at the time and I, we had gotten married before the birth. That was the choice we made. And of course, I was overcome with grief and desperately did want to have another baby and did about a year later had our daughter Belle. And so then I was 20. It was the spring break of my junior year in college. I had uh, my sweet girl. And then by the time I was graduating, still going full-time to school, um, my degrees in art education. And by the time I graduated, I was pregnant with our surprise son and had him when I was 22 and two weeks later started working full time, I had a really hard first marriage. We were both so immature, as you can imagine, um, had been through grief, 
had huge financial struggles and it was, it was, it was rocky to say the least and was separated by the time I was 23 and divorced by the time I was 24. So I dove into single motherhood and from the age of, like I said, 24 for a whole decade was a single mom. I taught art again in the public school system and I loved creating art and never really had time to do it. Um, A few people would reach out and ask if I could perhaps create a painting for them for a Christmas gift or a birthday gift for someone. And so on weekends and a little bit in the summers, I would create some commissions and that would pay for Christmas gifts or vacations. And that was, it was a sweet way that I could create it, but also it brought some income to my, my single mom life so I could do some things with my kiddos. And it was, it was an amazing uh, time when I was about 34, a good friend of mine reached out and he just was asking, how can I pray for you this year? And that led to lots of different text messages and led to what became phone calls that became dating that became marriage. And so I was remarried when I was 35. I love that. And I think hearing your story, it really just gives a testament to obviously your strength because my gosh, I don't think any of us who went through like traditional college, you know, what we were, what we were doing at 20 and 22, we were not capable of, of raising babies, right? So you are having this horrible grief, this challenging marriage. You have two small children and yet you still graduated from college. And on time, it sounds like, which is amazing. And then you went on to work. And when you graduated, I mean, how little were your kids? When when I graduated from school, I had um, I was pregnant and had um, a not even 18-month-old. She was 18 months old when Christian was born the September after I graduated. I graduated in May. And I just have to say, I I talk about grace a whole lot. And my faith is very important to me. And I, I look back and I don't know how in the world that happened except for grace. And I also will say, God made me stubborn. <laughs> and I think stubborn redeemed <laughs> looks like perseverance. It looks like, you know what? I have, I have an option and that's called, I can do this thing and I can do it to the best of my ability and pray for grace and all the cracks that I cannot fill. Or I could just, you know, I could, I could be a victim or I could, um, I could not graduate. I could not, you know, mother these children well. And so I was like, well, that's not an option. So, so what do I need to do today? Yeah. I need to study. I need to, I need to feed them their meal. (laughs) you know, it's one day at a time. My mom had me at 22 and she always said, because I've said many times, like I just said now, I don't think I could have done it. And she said, but you could have, like you rise to it. And so I think you're, you're onto something. You have no choice. You don't just not feed your children. So you rise to it. (laughs) Yes. I am big time head knocking over here. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Which is true for any season of life. So there's some things where you, you absolutely have to. And then there's some things where you go, you know what, this is my dream. So what's the have to, if this dream's going to become a reality? Yes. And I love to, you know, your your second love story. And I've kind of mm. seen it play out a little bit on Instagram. And it just seems like you're just head over heels for each other. And I think that is so hopeful for people mm. who maybe are leaving a marriage right now or they're alone and they're looking for love, you know, that you can find love in your next chapter. I think that that is so beautiful. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Brandon, um, my husband and I, we 
we're, we're humans. So of course, just like any marriage, there's times where you think like, oh, that person just made me mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't, I don't like you right now in this one second. Um, but, but the truth is, is we are absolutely in love with each other. We laugh. We, you know, I think those phone calls where we, we practically interviewed one another where we said, well, how do you handle anger? Where, or, uh, so how would you celebrate these holidays? Tell me about your family traditions. We asked what, tell me about your thoughts on finances. So we asked so many questions going into it that even if we didn't agree, we knew how to talk through those things before we were married. That doesn't make our marriage perfect, but it has become such a strong, strong foundation and a mutual faith in the Lord has become the foundation that is just making this marriage, um, more than I could have asked for or imagined. That's awesome. And I think those kind of questions are probably what young people should be doing before they get married anyways, right? Like those are things that you learn from wisdom. (laughs) Yes, Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So at this point, you know, you are a working mom, you're remarried, and I know you kind of said the turning point was when you were pregnant with your fourth. Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about what that turning point looks like for sure. you or looks like for you? Yes. So I was teaching and, you know, I had always in my heart had had the dream of being a professional artist for that to be, I wake up, I get to create art. I get to show people, this is what I created. Would you like to buy it? They do. And then I get to do it again, you know, because that's, it's just been my heart to get to paint more and more and more and to share the gift of beauty with others through this means of painting. And I also so desperately have loved being a mother and wanting to spend more time with my children as a teacher I love the part where I saw other children's faces light up as they got to create art. That part was wonderful. The part that was hard and that I I did not like was leaving my house at 6.30 a.m., working all day long, being on, I say on all day long, and then coming home at the earliest 4.30 p.m., exhausted and having being pregnant, having my sweet little at the time, two-year-old, having two teenagers at home, I felt like I had nothing left and definitely had no energy to, you know, whip out a painting, much less cook a dinner and fold some laundry and go to sleep and do it all over again. And I felt very desperate, desperate that I did not want to drop off another baby in a childcare situation and, and do it again. And so I began to say, okay, what practical steps, how could this, how could we make this work? What if I could stay at home and make art? And so my husband and I had a conversation, you know, had conversations, but at first he said, Kelly, I don't, you know, we needed my income as well. I had health insurance and benefits and all the things. And he's like, I don't, I don't see how this can work. I don't see how this can happen. And I went on a long, long walk and was just praying about it and just asking the Lord, like, how, what, what, how can this work? And what popped into my head was, what if you tried it for just six months? And at the time I was pregnant, um, I was planning to come back from my maternity leave in December. And I thought, what if from that January to May, we just tried it? What if I just tried to create art and sell it and see what happened? Like worst case scenario, I go back and I start teaching again the following August. That would at least give me this really long maternity leave. And when I got back from that walk, my husband looked at me before I said anything. And he said, what if we just try it for six months? Wow. And I was like, 
Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, You're yes. like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> exactly what God had told me. So we both, we both were on the same page to, for this trial run. And I think that's so huge for listeners who are thinking like, I have this dream and they're going, oh, I don't know if I if I can do this, I can quit my job or maybe it's not even something that drastic, but you're thinking, I don't know if I can, if I can just make this huge switch is that it doesn't have to be, I'm deciding to do this for the next 40 years. I'm deciding to do this for the next 20 years and there will be no pivot whatsoever. (laughs) If it fails, I fail. The end, I die. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, you know, we can get like that. And so what happened was, is I decided I would teach early in the mornings. I taught English to children in China on, you know, live on my computer. I'd get up at 4 a.m. And that was an income we could count on. And then I worked on creating paintings and sharing them with people via Instagram and, and saying, this is what I made. Would you like to buy it? In, in so many words and saying like, this is what I created. I would love for it to be in your home. And the amazing thing is, is people said yes. And what I was terrified would never replace my income has become threefold. And it has allowed my husband to actually leave his full-time job. And it has become the biggest blessing for my family where I am home, I get to I get to kiss my babies as they go to preschool and then I'm home and we enjoy this time at lunch together and, and my husband is home. He's the one taking them and picking them up. He's able to work on his doctorate now and it has truly become a dream come true. I just love that. And I love that you were like, you know, I'm not just going to just leap off the pier. We're right. going to just take a little experiment. And we're, I'm going to give it everything I have. And I'm also going to do this thing of teaching ESL, which I'm sure you did not want to wake up at four in the morning. I can't even imagine you had it. <laughs> you know, you have like young kids. You have all these kids. Um, but oh, you're I like, I'm baby. Just- yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would do my, I would do my, uh, my pumping before I taught. So it's like, wake up, pump, <laughs> you know, breastfeeding, and then get it, get in my, my closet to teach. And yes, yes, it was, wow. it was. Now I look back and go, how did I do it? And it's just like you said earlier, you did it because you had to. I absolutely wanted to. And I call that job a bridge job because I was able to quit it six months afterwards. And it was a bridge and it was a bridge. I knew I could walk right back across <laughs> to the to the other, you know, safer salaried job if I needed to. And that wouldn't have been failure. That would have been, oh, I tried it. I tried it and this wasn't the right timing or or whatever the case may be. But it was, I knew, hey, I can, I can do this. And I'm so thankful I haven't had to walk back over that bridge. In fact, I, that bridge has been, I won't call it burnt, but we, uh, we, maybe we, we, maybe if we burn it, we're, we're enjoying s'mores over it for that analogy. Like we're. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that you just, you knew this was your calling. This was your, you know, stepping into your purpose. And I think that model of being like, you know what, it's just, it's a sample and I'm going to, I'm going to try it and we're going to see what happens. I think that really can help women overcome fear of feeling like they have to go all in. I think that's so important. And actually, when I started my Spanish school that I had, I worked full-time when I started it because I think we all are so riddled with fear when we think about going yes. out on our own. It's it's scary. Yes. So, you know, obviously you were a trained 
artist, a trained educator. You were not a trained business person. You were right. So how <laughs> how did you figure that piece out? How did you – I mean, obviously people are like, yes, I love your work, but how did you figure out all the business part of it oh, to make so that, that successful? I love that question. So my commute to teaching – I would listen to. So this does back up a few years before because the dream was simmering in my heart. So I would listen to podcasts. (laughs) Podcasts are (laughs) wonderful. I love podcasts. So I would listen to podcasts. Some were specifically for artists. Some were specifically for business. And some uh, actually overlapped both. And I was just soaking in information. I had about a 45-minute commute to one of my schools, and I would listen all the way there. Sometimes I would listen to a podcast while I was setting up my classroom, and I would listen when I got back. And it wasn't like homework for me, but in that I was hungry for it. I would listen when I went for a run or a walk, and I was just soaking in the information. And then so much of it was trial and error. You know, you look at, oh, this is really successful. This is not. I also, I didn't even mention this. My very first job out of school, I worked as an administrative assistant. My first job wasn't teaching, even though I had the art degree. And I look back and I go, oh my goodness, even using boring old spreadsheets has now been so, you know, learning to use some some very, what I would call boring tools. I can see where God used that when I was 22. Now, when I'm 40 in a job that I didn't know I would need to use these things and, you know, figuring out how to set up a website, all of that was, if I don't know how to do it, let me either watch a video of someone who does, or there's a podcast that is telling me that this is a good way to to share. This is how to get an email list. This is a good way to share your art. This is a great way to price it. These are the things that I learned from others. And it was just bit by bit, a little short podcast at a time. And I love that because I think that so many people feel like, okay, well, I didn't go to business school or whatever. And and I was like you. I was not a trained business person. And I think the truth is in the era we live in, the information is everywhere and most of it's free, which yes. is amazing, which is yes. amazing. So, you know, you set up your website, you set up all these things, and then it really sounds like you kind of reached out to also your community. I know you have a relationship with an online. Talk talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, Meredith Christenberry with the Christenberry Collection, she is a a local online gallery. And I, of course, followed different galleries on Instagram. And I reached out to lots in the beginning. Some I heard nothing back from. Some said, oh, thank you so much at this time. You know, you get the rejection in the really nice way. And she (laughs) was the one who said, Yes, I love your work. Let's do a collection together. And so I actually, this this backed up to 2019. We did our first collection when I was still teaching full time. I was able to work in the evenings and weekends and get a collection together slowly but surely. So I was dabbling a little part time selling my art. And then that relationship grew. She does a fabulous job and we sold out that collection and did another the following summer. And so I knew that she was one avenue that when I went full time, uh, we released a collection that January together. And 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 we'll actually, we're, we're doing another one this month together. So that relationship continued. And it was her, I just needed one person to say yes, that gave me such a such a boost of, of confidence and almost an endorsement like, I'm not crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. Like I, I have something here. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And that, that reinforcement is so important. And I can tell all of you that in watching Kelly, she sells out of all of her pieces. I've bought a couple other small ones since mm-hmm. I bought the big one and I just love them, but I see they are always like sold, sold, sold. And, you know, tell people, I think you said you're sold out for commissions. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, um, we have, I don't have any openings right now until I haven't released May of 2023, but I'm booked through April of 2023. I do reserve a few spots for, um, I have some relationships with a lot of interior designers. And so I reserve a little space for them so that they can contact me, you know, in September and say, I have a project going. So every now and then I get a little extra opening. I am giving away one commission space this year up to a thousand dollars for people that pre-order my new book that's coming out. We haven't talked about that yet, but yes. there is going to be one space given away and that's still going. So, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, two things. One, tell people a little bit about the book because I have seen that it's this beautiful coffee table book. Thank you. Yes. And talk about a scary jump and dream. (laughs) It wasn't even really a dream of mine until um, a few months ago. But the book is called Delight, and it is about celebrating the beauty in our ordinary days. And it features over 215 paintings that I've been able to create in the past two years. And so the paintings that I create, you mentioned, of course, the low country and the marshes of South Carolina. That is a huge part of the book. A lot of it is children's parents and children or children together, often playing by the ocean. There's a lot of still life art because I when I see a bowl of fruit, I think that is so pretty. Like, I want to paint that. And so part of it is just pointing out like, hey, hey, that, that kitchen counter you have, there's some beauty right there. So to point it out and to soak it in. So the book is for people who love art. It's for people who love to decorate their homes with beautiful coffee table books. But it's also for anyone who goes, you know what? I need 10 minutes. I need 10 minutes with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And I just want to flip through this book and just look at art and think about the good gifts that I have in my life. So it's for all of those people. And I cannot wait to get my hands on it. So tell people where they can pre-order it. And is it ready for pre-order? It is. It is ready for pre-order. You can go to, if you go to my Instagram account, which is at Kelly Pelfrey Art, you will be able to click on it in my shop. And if you would rather go, and it'll take you directly to where you can pre-order. If you go to my website, that is kellypelfrey.com. You can also click on new book. And it is the only new book that I have. So it'll take you right there and you can pre-order. And the cool thing is, is, you know, pre-order bonus world is kind of the best. (laughs) You, when you, if you do pre-order now, you will of course get your book in May, but you will also receive an archival gicle print, which is of an orchid. And you'll be able to see what those look like there. And you also will get your book not only signed, but you'll be entered to win that $1,000 commission, which I am thrilled. I can't wait to see who gets it. And I can't wait to create it for that person. Oh my goodness. Okay. That is so exciting. And I did not know those things. So I am very excited about it. And I'm also thinking that is a beautiful gift to give somebody as well. 
Yes, yes, I definitely. And with every book you, if you know, if you go, hey, I want one for myself and I have two friends that this would be perfect for, you get an extra print, a different print for each order. So you could walk away with this like gallery wall plus three books and you get entered each time. So you, you've tripled your chances of winning. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that. And you know, I want, as soon as you said Marsh, I'm like sold. <laughs> Yes, there's a whole section. Nothing but marshmallows. You'll love it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, in hearing where you are right now, you know, you're selling up paintings, you have a book. Mm. Could you ever, could 20 year old Kelly ever have imagined this life? No. 20 year old Kelly would have probably messed it up. She would have strived. She would have tried to manipulate things. She would have, oh, oh, she would have worried herself to death that she was going to mess it up or not get it right or do it late. And what I found is that you're called to do your day. And that if the dream is meant to be, if it is truly your calling, that you do that day with intention, not do your day and you sit and wait for the dream to land in your lap. You do that day with intention, knowing that each step is building upon one another and and that there will be so much grace meaning unexpected surprises that happen in your favor along the way that you could not have ever ever planned or ever strategically manipulated if you tried I love that and so there are a lot of people listening right now and I can relate to this place of being like oh my gosh but I don't know what my purpose mm-hmm. Is what would you say to that woman that's sitting there right now with her cup of coffee listening to this going, yeah, that's great, but what's my calling and what's my purpose? Absolutely. I I love what you have said in the past, and I fully agree with the getting quiet. So if you have that cup of coffee, good. Step one is done. (laughs) I think cups of coffee and dreaming go hand in hand in my world. But I, I love to wake up early. I, which is my mom would laugh her head off because I was the kid that couldn't get out of bed to get to school. But I love to wake up early now because I love a slow, quiet morning where I get my best ideas. And if you go, oh, I'm not a morning person, then literally set a timer for five minutes and ask the question, if I could do anything, anything, and it didn't matter if I got paid for it or not, what would that be? What would I want to do? And if you go, I don't know, think about what, what makes you come alive? Do you love it when you're outside? Do you love it better, you know, more when you're inside? Do you love talking to people? Is there something you create with your hands, whether that's food or gardening or, you know, there, of course the possibilities are, are endless. Something is going to pop into your mind and just maybe write a few things down about that. It does not have to be this long involved journaling session, or it could be, but I would say to just begin to ask the question and the things that pop into your mind are definitely the starting place. I love that. And I think that people listening are going to hear that theme of getting quiet over and over again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it is such a key to hearing your voice and in finding the next step, um, which I think is important that it's not the leap, it's the next step, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you have a lot on your plate. You (laughs) are a full-time artist. You are a mom of four. have a book coming out. You are a busy person. And I don't even like the term balance because I think that it's it's an impossible thing to strive for, but as close to it as possible is what we all want, right? Right. So what does that look like for you? 
my, my goal that I don't do perfectly is to be all in wherever I am. So my day is divided into certain times. The morning, like I said, is my quiet time. It is a time for me to still myself, to, I, I love to read my Bible. I love to journal. I love to stare off into space, holding that cup of coffee again. And then it's time for me to, I, I love to exercise. So that's, that's the next part of my day is, and I'm all in there, you know, and that's what I'm doing. And then it's helping getting my girls ready for school. And that's when I want to look at their beautiful faces. I want to tell them that they're treasures. I want to be all in as a mom then. Like that's when I'm not looking at my phone, thinking about what I need to do for the day for work. That's the goal, right? Is that I'm all in then. And then once they go to school, I start working at about 8.30 a.m. and I want to be all in working. So I'm not, you know, jumping back into my personal land, but I'm deciding, okay, these are the, this is what I'm doing today. My calendar tells me this is what I've already planned it out. This is what my focus is today. And then at lunchtime, I'm mom again. So to sum it up, it's my days are broken down into pieces. And there's some days where it's more, you know what, on Saturdays, I'm all mom. And so it's, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it like, oh, I can tell you the exact percentages I've used for being a mom and being a businesswoman. But I can tell you that I know what I'm called to do today. And I know that I want to be all the way in, all the way focused, giving my attention fully to the moment. And that is something I'm working to grow in. I am definitely a person that does not have this figured out. But I do know that that helps tremendously. Well, I feel like hearing you, I'm like, okay, good reminder, because I think it is so hard, and especially now when we have our phones at the ready and yes. everything's at the ready to be focused. And I love what you said about looking at your kids' faces and saying you're a treasure because yes. it's such a hustle. Yes. And I love that carving out of being like, I am right now just loving this mom moment. And yes. when I am working, I'm just there. And I think no matter what it is you're doing, that that is a good lesson. And I know something that I'm going to walk away from our call today being like, yes, work on that because I'm not good at that. And I bet a lot of people are not as well. Yes. And I would, I would say here's three like very practical tips is one, I use Instagram every single day, uh, most days, and I delete it almost every single day. Because you delete the app. I delete it completely off my phone because my fingers, muscle memory will find it even when I don't mean to. Oh my gosh, I need that. <laughs> I delete it off my phone. And you know how easy it is to go to App Center and re <laughs> reload it? It takes you literally a minute and it is worth that minute to save you so many minutes of distraction. Because when I'm on Instagram, I want to be all the way in on Instagram. Like I want to respond to people. I want to see your posts and tell you how much like it meant to me. I don't want to be like half in, half out. So when it's Instagram time, it's Instagram time. The other practical tip for me is to set a timer. So like if you're going like, oh, I need to get this thing done. And then, I, you know, set a timer. I set timers. Yeah, I told you this before all day long. I set a timer for five minutes and I tidy my girl's room. So it's not a disaster because that matters to me. So, you know, set timers for things that matter. And also it helps you know that it was good enough. Yes. There's always good enough. Like I know I could make this painting better, but I'm going to work on it for 15 more minutes. And then when the timer goes off, it goes off and I'm done. Yes. That's so tactical. I love that. 
the timers. <laughs> yes. Oh, and the third thing was to to plug in your phone away from where you are when you don't want to be on it. So I do that. If I bring my phone downstairs with me at the end of the day when it's dinner time, family time, I will go and I will, I will, I'll like, did that person email me back? Did they like the painting preview I sent to them? Because I want to know. And so, but if it's plugged in, upstairs away, then guess what? I can be fully there and talk to my family without having to check in on my wonderful clients that I love. Oh my gosh. The smartphone is like the the most challenging thing ever. And I held on to the flip phone way longer than <laughs> any grandma held on to the flip phone yeah. because I knew exactly who I was going to become. And yes. I've become that person. And so, yes, I think you are right. Like plug it, like walk away from it. Don't be that person. Be the flip phone person. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you told me something exciting when we, right before we started oh. that you are going to give the listeners today. So why don't you tell everybody about that? Yes. I'm so glad you reminded me. So for the listeners today, I hope that you walk away from this interview and you are excited to delight in the life that you have and in the dreams that God has given you. And I want you to get 15% off at my website using the code DELIGHT. So D-E-L-I-G-H-T will give you 15% off. And that goes for the book, which no one else is getting that. So this is exclusive. And Yay. for any, yeah, any prints or even if you pop on and there's an original available, it'll qualify for all of those as just, just a thank you to you guys. And I hope the word delight is something that you can take with you today and look at what can I delight in? Oh, that is beautiful. And you guys maybe have not seen Callie's work yet, but when you see it, you are going to realize what a gift this is because she is so talented and you are going to want her pieces in your home, bringing you delight, I assure you. Bree, you're too kind. <laughs> Thank you. Callie, I am so glad you were here today. I feel like you are delightful. And I love that you kind of set the tone of going into midlife, being like, this can be such an exciting time and a joyful time and the time to tackle your mm -hmm. dreams. I love that. Yeah, let's flourish. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much. It's such a gift to have you here today. And thank you to all of you for listening. I am so grateful for this conversation. I am so grateful for all of you. If you can, share the podcast with a friend, rate it, or leave a review because those things will bring more women to the podcast. And the more women that join this conversation, the fuller it will be. Thank you, friend. Have a beautiful and delightful day. <laughs> <laughs>